struggling to make things right. That's how a superhero learns to fly. The script and superheroes, and that's the choice of our guest presenter. And before we go to him, I'd just like to remind you and say thank you for your participation. You guys have been absolutely incredible, and you may continue to do so. How do you do it? You SMS us on 41391. SMS rates apply. You can also WhatsApp us on 0614104107. You can follow us on Facebook, or you can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at SAFM Radio, hashtag SAFM Jet Set Breakfast, or my handle at Mish Constant. So our guest presenter today is a man who's the CEO and co-founder of something called the Maharishi Invincibility Institute, which is a multi-award winning educational institution. Also the Mvula Empowerment Fund. He co-founded the Branson Center of Entrepreneurship with Sir Richard Branson. He's the co-founder of something called Tendril, a global organization in 30 countries to support social impact leaders or what we know as social entrepreneurs. He served on the British government task uh, team for the reinvention of higher education and skills development. And currently, and this is a very important topic that we're going to talk about, he's the chairperson and the creator of something called the E-Cubed Initiative, which is a, a partnership or part of the National Department of Basic Education in South Africa. It's a national system change initiative that relooks at skills amongst pupils in schools. So it's taking our topic and our theme, which has woven the golden thread all the way through the last hours. Dr. Taddy Bletcher. Dr. Taddy Bletcher is our guest presenter today. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Jet Set Breakfast. Hi, Michelle. How are you doing? It's such a blessing to be on your show. It's such a pleasure to have you back to talk to us in this capacity. I'm going to Thank call you. you Taddy because otherwise I'll be going Dr. Taddy, Dr. Taddy, Dr. Taddy. And uh, <laughs> Taddy, your choice of first song, we always like to ask that question, the script with superheroes. And I suppose in many ways, the superheroes are the teachers, but also the pupils that are going through such a tough time in uh, COVID-19. That, that's exactly right. I, I love that song. And I don't know if you've ever seen the video. You should watch it on YouTube if you haven't, uh, and, and to your listeners too. It, it was actually filmed in Alexander Township and uh, by a amazing Irish band called The Script. And they, they visited South Africa. They did a, a, a short tour here. Um, uh, this is some years back, and they were so deeply moved by South Africans, their hospitality, their bravery, and just just the courage of the stories of just normal South Africans going through their lives uh, that they ended up writing this song and making this video. And I, I was so moved when I first saw it, and I, I spent four and a half years in Alex Township, so it was just incredible and very moving. And it's about a working-class hero, about a, a man who goes out every day uh, to work, he's actually a garbage worker, and he goes out in a suit. So his daughter sees him leave every day from the house in a suit, come back to his little house in, in Alex in a suit, uh, but then he goes and changes into mm. his working overalls and works with garbage. Very, very touching, and it does remind me of just the incredibly great people in South Africa, our heroes everywhere, and no least, as you say, our teachers, who are just so courageous and incredible, uh, working every day through very difficult times right now. And uh, so just wanted to play that song to honor all of them. You know, Taddy, you, you, it, the interesting thing about this feature is 
how our guest often drives the journey of the conversation. And we are going to get to education in a moment, but you've mentioned something that just sparked something else for me. You mentioned this man who goes in the suit. And I'm thinking of that wonderful young man who um, he's he's the, the muffin salesman in a suit and he 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 had no work and so a student tertiary education student he had no work and I forget his name now we've interviewed him here on the show and he started making muffins and he had learned that from his gran and his sales pitch was that he sold his muffins in a suit he always arrived in a suit and people would be like we've got to go to the guy in the suit because it just gave them a sense of how he respected himself but also how he like looked at his place in the world as a businessman and that really does talk to being an entrepreneur in so many ways, which, of course, is part of your world as well. That's exactly right. Uh, and, and in, in, in that song, it, it, it talks about um, you know, working every day and night, every day, every hour, like turns the day into power. And it's really about power through discipline and having dignity in, in what you do, that you put your heart and soul into what you do. And, 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 I, and I think that that's, uh, that's exactly what it's about. And I mean, I think that that's at the center of all the work that I uh, love to do every single day, which is about the amazing human beings we have in this country and help, helping each individual develop their full potential. You know, the amazing individuals, as you've mentioned, are, of course, teachers. And we've had a bunch of WhatsApps coming through. Um, Inya Carlo says that her amazing pe- person was a Miss Webb who taught her English in high school and, so she, and says, even though I grew up with lots of books in my home, it was only until her that I developed a lifelong love of literature and became a habitual reader. Um, Norman says, my favorite teacher was Noah Manzini, an English teacher at Mosamnisi High. And uh, he was always prepared and he came, you, you would swear he was parting from his twin brother who was like the partier on the weekend, but he was brilliant. Then uh, ah. Donald says, Mr. Mushando, who taught me about self-reliance, and now I can see he's right, that you must stand on your own big feet. Um, and the list goes on. And I wanted to ask you, take us back to your childhood, because if I look at the list of things that you've done, Taddy, there's no doubt that somewhere in your youth, there were people who were opening doors for you, who were teaching you how to metaphorically fly and who showed you that there is a great space to just do different things. Thank, thank you. No, that, that's for sure. And so firstly, I mean, it definitely starts with my mother. My parents got divorced, but my mother brought up five children, uh, largely on her own, and uh, one of the bravest, strongest people I've ever met, and I'm sure many, many, all of us have got you know people in our families that have inspired us. And and um, but she, she she always taught us to just go for what you deeply believe in, and don't let anything stop you. You don't do it for money, don't do it for glory, do it because it's right and what you deeply believe is right, and then she would support it. And I just remember a a, a teacher of mine, Mr. Oliver, a math teacher, who deeply inspired me and got me to just truly love mathematics and I've always <laughs> loved it my whole life. And but he was a very interesting character and I, I was the short I was a tiny, tiny little guy when I was young. I shot up much later and I was the shortest guy in my class by <laughs> a long way. And every Friday at school they used to collect charity money and Mr. Oliver our math teacher would go around the whole school and collect money with a little pin and teaching everyone to give charity. 
And then he would come and he'd bring the money to me sometimes and say, uh, Bletcher, you little runt, take this money and go to the tuck shop and buy yourself food. <laughs> and he would make me go to the tuck shop and just I'd have to buy like three burgers or eat them one after the next. And I think it did work because I did grow a lot. Uh, but I've just never forgotten, you know, that caring, that teacher who cares for each individual and sees what they need and so on. So, yeah, yeah he, he definitely was a life-changing influence. You talk about sees what they need, and that is such a powerful comment. A teacher who sees what each person in his class needs or each student in his class needs. And indeed, that does talk to the idea of seeing the individual. We do have to go to a break, but when we come back, um, Taddy, I'd love to talk to you about that idea of recognizing the individual. The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. Our guest presenter today is Dr. Taddy Bletcher, and as I mentioned, CEO of the Maharishi Invincibility Institute and uh, many other institutions and co-founders of various different organizations. But uh, we're going to be talking, uh, certainly in the second half of this interview, around um, the E3 initiative, entrepreneurship, employability and education, and critically what it is that uh, young people in schools require. We are going to talk, obviously, about the education part of it. But I think that uh, in this part, we're going to stick with what uh, one of the themes has been throughout uh, this uh, show today, is this idea of recognizing and acknowledging a young person as an individual with their own passions, their own imaginations, their own skills. And not all skills are the same. Not everyone can be an accountant. I'm one of them. So, uh, (laughs) Taddy... Talk to us about that and the recognition of that with young people. You've worked with so many young people. And how does one say, okay, I'm going to look at this young guy or this young girl and I'm going to go, "Hmm, all right, what is it that she or he really needs here? That's right. Okay, so so, so, um, look, this this is my life passion and my life purpose. So uh, it's seeing seeing the greatness in every single individual and especially in young people and um, I've been blessed you know over the last 25 years I used to be an actuary and a management consultant gave it all up and as I say I went to work in Alex Township and uh, then Soweto Davidson and we started the first three higher education institutions in the country and uh, you know, in the, in this time, I've worked directly with over 30,000 youth, and um, we, we've helped over 19,000 unemployed youth that are largely marginalised and sidelined in society. That society would say are useless, not good enough for university, etc. Et mm. And and we've helped those individuals uh, develop their potential, given them access to uh, you know education and caring and accreditations and opportunities and. We've had over a 95% job placement rate um, over a 20-year period now. Um, our graduates earn just under $1.5 billion rand in combined salaries. Uh, we estimate they'll earn over $41 billion. These are people thrown away by society. And uh, so what have I learned in that process? I've, I've learned what I learned about myself in my own life. And what I've now seen working with over 30,000 uh, kids is that everybody, if they're given the chance, if they're given the love and somebody sees them and somebody recognizes them, like you're saying, somewhere deep inside you tilt that balance because 
often we grow up with very low self-esteem and we don't believe we're capable of anything great and we don't think we've got any real contribution to give to the world. And if somebody comes along that can just believe in us and, and just believe in you and, and then somehow deep inside it can kind of tilt that balance and so you make the right decisions, uh, you know, every moment you're making decisions and if you just make more right choices that are going to take you in the right direction, this is what we've seen, what we've seen with youth and there is nothing, absolutely nothing that the kids in this country cannot do. And I've witnessed it firsthand and I've given my life to it. And uh, they're just as great as anybody in China, India, America, UK, Germany, anywhere else. But the role of the teacher is very, very important. I'm laughing here because, you know, when you go through the list and you talk about the young people and the numbers uh, that you've reached with the work that you've managed to do and the teams that you've worked with, etc. That is so typically an actuary where your (laughs) your metrics are about the numbers. And of course, the numbers are critical because if you're going to get business partnerships, then they want those metrics. It's like, what is our return going to be? It, and, and your unit, I suppose, your unit of, of measurement is a young person. And yet that young person is so many different things and not just a number. And it's like it's, it's, a, it's complex. Uh, Teddy, right. But I can thank Mr. Oliver for, for, for that. But, it's, <laughs> but it is, it's, it's very important to track uh, what you do because you've got yeah. to be able to show real impact. It can't just be talk, and uh, you know that's a waste of time. And so, uh, and on, on, on our schools initiative, was the most fantastic partner that I will talk about later yeah. uh, on the M and E side. But it is critical. It's absolutely critical. Measurement, measurement, measurement. If you're going to ensure that you get partnership, partnership, and partnership, your second choice, uh, Bob Marley redemption song. What a great song to choose. <laughs> Why? Oh, that's wonderful. Thank you very much. But uh, that, that song means a lot to me because um, uh, Bob Marley's song, Redemption, as you know, uh, key, key theme there is emancipate yourself from mental slavery. Uh, none but ourselves can free our minds. And uh, so, so firstly, when, when, I, when I was young, um, in, in my late teens, I was... Uh, yeah, I was a wild youth, like uh, many, many people, and uh, influenced a lot by friends and going drinking all the time, every night, always getting uh, slushed out of my mind and going to classes that, that's uh, uh, not, not sober at all. And, um, and, and, and really, again, coming back to this issue, not liking myself uh, much and uh, feeling quite, quite lost. And, um, and you know, through, through a process, and you ask, uh, to talk about a favorite book, which I'll do later. Um, I, I learned to meditate. I changed my diet. I changed some things about my life. Um, uh, and, and I had radically different results. And I went from being the worst student in actual science at, at university and I ended up being the top actual student in the country for honors amongst five universities, won the gold medal. And um, I was the fastest qualifying actuary in the country in two years, starting from zero. Um, and it really came from deep inner change um, in, in, inside me. And, 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 and so um, when we started our first free higher education uh, college university um, called CEDA, and we had no computers, and our first 250 students arrived, uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to start studying, and we didn't have a single computer, and I kept telling them how important it is to use technology. And we ended up teaching them to type on a photostat of a computer keyboard. It was 
just an idea we got at the last minute, a little brainwave, how are we going to teach them computers? So we focused that at a computer keyboard, and every day they would learn to type on the QWERTY keyboard, and I would sing them songs. And uh, the first song I started with was uh, Bob Marley's Redemption Song. And I always would say to them, nobody but yourself can free your mind in terms of freedom, overcoming the legacy of South Africa, our, our feelings of inequality inside, our, what, whatever we feel, um, only ultimately can we go on a journey to free ourselves. So, yeah, you can play it if you want. Bob Marley and Redemption Song, the choice of our guest presenter today, Dr. Taddy Bletcher, and uh, talking education, talking individual freeing of minds. She frees our mind every time. 9.30, she's here, Zycon. With- the Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. 9.35, you are with the JSB. I'm Michelle Constant. Don't forget, after 10 o'clock, it's KG with The Seasons, three hours of great music. Our guest presenter today is Dr. Taddy Bletcher. He's the CEO and co-founder of the Maharishi Invincibility Institute. We're going to focus, though, on the E3 initiative, which he is the chairperson and creator of. It's a, a project that works closely and in partnership with the National Department of Basic Education in South Africa. Taddy, your guests are, in fact, people that you work very closely with uh, on this particular project. What is the E3 initiative? Thanks a lot, Michelle. Yeah, EQT's a very exciting initiative uh, of the National Department of Basic Education, and it uses student-centered active learning approaches um, to bring this into the existing CAPS curriculum, really to assist teachers um, to uh, prepare their learners better for a modern economy. So in, in just layman's talk, really to use games uh, for younger kids, and this is where we partner, for example, with Lego uh, between uh, up until grade four, and then, and then to use little projects and, and also games um, within the existing curriculum across different um, subjects uh, from grade five all the way up to grade 12, and this is something that is rolling out across the whole country. So we've already been piloting with um, several hundred thousand uh, youth across all nine provinces and and starting to see some very, very, very exciting outcomes out of this. So we're going to talk to uh, some of the teachers, or not teachers, but some of the project heads of the teacher training. But let's talk, talk to the idea of um, a public-private partnership, which is ostensibly what this is, and a very powerful one indeed. Your guest presenter, your first guest, is Mr. Shiloh Nakin, who's the CIO, or Chief Information Officer, for the Department of Basic Education. Mr. Nakin, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle, and good morning to your listeners, and good morning, Dr. Bleacher, as well. Shiloh, I have to ask you, what is a chief information officer when we come to uh, the public sector, and in particular, the Department of Basic Education? So I think, you know, in, in both private and public sectors, you know, it, the, the role is, is, is the same in the sense that, you know, to, to make sure, one, that we use technology to enable the business. And, you know, we're in the business of education. So technology here is used for two mainstream 
uh, 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 sort of scheme. So, so the first one being obviously the internal operations of, of the department and looking at how we can use technology to improve service delivery. And the second, which is the more important one, is that how do we now utilize technology in education to improve the, the, the learning and teaching experience? You know, and, and yeah. I think that, that kind of sums it up. Shiloh, you talk about um, improving the business, and it is a wonderful thing to hear someone in the public sector talking about improving the business. And I'm going to take the question across to both of you. How critical has this project, the E-Cubed project, been in relation to a public-private partnership? And what do you think each sector brings to the table? Taddy, I'll, I'll start with you. Thanks, Michelle. I think, I think firstly, we've been overwhelmed, honestly. And I, I've come out of both a private sector and civil society background um, and, and truly been overwhelmed with the quality and passion um, and commitment of the individuals we've been working with in the Department of Basic Education. And I, I would see this as a true public-private pr- mm. partnership because it's focused long-term. This initiative is up until... 2030, the goal is to reduce unemployment by 90% uh, through starting to transform how we think about teaching in our school system. And this has been completely embraced by firstly the minister, Angie Mocheja, um, and then the director general. I was hoping he could come on the show today, but uh, true to form, he's down in Durban for the whole weekend with uh, metric camps. This man never sleeps. When he writes to me, it's always 2 a.m. at uh, 12 midnight. He works literally round-the-clock tirelessly. And uh, I, I just say myself and my colleagues, all coming from the private sector, have been deeply impressed uh, with the individuals we've been working with in the department and uh, Mr. Nike amongst them. And so we have weekly meetings. We uh, focus on the shared objective of uh, the, the, part, the part of the project where Mr. Mikan comes in is specifically around what we call Teacher Connect um, and Health Check. And this is this powerful set of apps that we're developing, leveraging WhatsApp, that ultimately we can reach the entire school system, uh, all different stakeholders, but using this tool that everyone's got in their pockets. Uh, but it will be nice to hear from Mr. Mikan. Shiloh, and I hope you don't mind me calling you Shiloh. Maybe it is no, a bit... <laughs> You've heard what uh, Taddy has to say, and certainly it does raise, as we've been talking about throughout the show, the importance of respect, but also perhaps of acknowledging what each partner can bring to the table. I wonder if you could expand on that. No, absolutely. So firstly, thank you, Taddy, for those wonderful words. And and I think, you know, Taddy, Dr. Pletcher has mentioned that we have an amazing leadership uh, at, at, at the department. And we have a minister who has been deep down there as a teacher. So she understands exactly what, you know, uh, 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 being a teacher is all about. But more importantly, you know, we, we have what we call impact partners. And, and, and Dr. Butcher represents one of those, you know, the, working with the Maharishi Institute and the Lego Foundation has really had an impact on the organization, both from an educational perspective, but more especially on a technology perspective. Mm. And I think that's what's been critical to us because, you know, Michelle, as, as government, you know, we are limited in funding. We also limited in, in resources and skills because the, the best and the cream of the crop when it comes to 
technology and skills are not sitting in the public sector. They're sitting in the private sector. Mm. And these kinds of partnerships, impact partnerships, help you know, it, it, the, the sector move forward and consistently move forward. And I think it's because of that, because you're combining you know, the, the best of breed from a, 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 a private partnership um, and, and also what the public sector brings. I mean, you know, SARS is a great example of that and, and how SARS went from being nowhere in the world to being one of the leading organizations. And I won't speak about more recent times, but, you know, it, it's organizations like that that lead the world. And, and you know, with, 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 the, with the Teacher Connect, and, and Teddy hasn't mentioned this, and I'm surprised, it is a world's first when it comes to non-pharmaceutical testing in the education sector, so much so that an organization like UNESCO, which is an international organization, has now latched onto it and really now want to implement it in all of their uh, affiliated uh, organizations or countries. So it, it says a lot for South African technology. And, and very often when, when people look at South Africa, especially when it comes to technology, you know, they don't think of South Africa as one of the leaders in the world. You know, you often think about India leading the technology or the U.S. or, you know, Europe, that kind of thing. And this really goes because of that partnership, uh, you know, in terms of the uniqueness of education and the uniqueness of, of the, the E-cubed uh, solution, the Teacher Connect solution. We have taken this to a whole new level. And with, with, with the sort of things that we want to do going forward, it really puts, on, puts us on a platform that allows, you know, the, 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 the people that don't have access to, to high-tech technology to gain access to information. And I think that is the biggest challenge for us in the sector is that we have such a huge digital divide gap, yeah. you know, that, that our rural people are still deprived, you know, and, and often are left handicapped, especially in, in the 21st century schools. And it's projects like this, you know, that takes this kind of information, knowledge, and wisdom, and empowers these kinds of young, brilliant minds that are just thirsty for knowledge and information. So we're going to get to Teacher Connect in a moment, but I'd like to pose a question to both of you. It's something I've been thinking about a lot. And uh, Shiloh, you mentioned how often the best of the skills are in the private sector. And one of the things I've been wondering is if we look at um, the Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, obviously there's uh, number 17, which is around partnerships, and we're talking about that in depth. But I'm wondering what kind of leadership is required if we're going to create sustainable organizations, sustainable businesses, sustainable public sector as well. And I'll put that, Taddy, to you first. What kind of leadership do you believe is required for that? Michelle, this is, I think, at the center of what YouTube's about, and it's at the center of just a lot of the work I've been involved in, um, which, which is, and, and this is really about mindset development, and it's about developing a kind of resilience, creativity, um, preparedness to be able to accept failure and pick yourself up again. And, and uh, th- these are what people call the 21st century skills. And what, what research is finding around the world is, A, these are becoming the critical skills in the world today, either to have a job or to be an entrepreneur. 
um, because the world is changing so quickly, but that these skills ideally should be developed year by year by year through repeated experiences, not just not just what you do in the classroom, and that's the idea of EQ, is to open up the walls of the classroom and having uh, kids in these, in these um, small groups as well as individually solving problems that they find very inspiring, that they can get passionate about and really put their heart into solving local problems, etc. And in, in this way, they develop in problem-solving skills and creativity. And, uh, they, they, they're really developing the basic mindsets and skill sets uh, that they will need to be those kind of leaders that you're talking about in the future. And, 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 and so this is not something that just happens. It, is, it can be systematically cultured, and it requires a repeated set of having certain types of experiences where a person starts to become empowered inside. And they start to realize, I do have value. I actually can contribute. I actually can um, you know, come up with answers for problems. And they're not going to all be right. Uh, but I, I can start to find a way through all the problems of life. And once one develops this mindset and becomes embedded in a nation, that becomes a powerful nation. Fantastic. So, uh, Shiloh, I'll put that to you. Leadership, if you, you talk about uh, the, the many challenges that we have in the public sector, but also, and this is something Taddy has spoken to me about offline as well, the uh, amazing talents and skills that we do have in there. I mean, you talk about teachers, uh, DGs who are down and as we speak in, in KwaZulu-Natal, working with metrics, just constantly being there. What do you think those leadership skills are? You know, I think Terry summed it up very, very well. And, and I think it all boils down to, to servant leadership. You know, mm-hmm. we, yeah. we, we're not in, and I think, you know, for, for a large number of people that are in the public sector, I'm not in this to build it. I'm in this to serve my country. You know, and, and I think that is the kind of understanding um, the leaders in, in the education sector have. Um, from 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 the DG, in fact, from the minister all the way down to to, to, to teachers, and I think that's the kind of culture we we want to create um, as a sector. So so based on that, you know, we've also got to look at whatever we do is is on a twelve year cycle because if you take well sure. now it's gone to a thirteen year cycle from a grade R all the way up to to to, to producing a young adult that will go sure. either into the world of work or into the world of further study. And, and that, the impact we've got to look at is always on a 12-year cycle. And, and because of that, from a visionary perspective, you know, we've got to really take a, a very long-term look on that. And we're not doing this for ourselves. I mean, I get up every morning knowing that I am impacting 24,500 schools, 12.5 million learners, and over 500,000 teachers. Yeah. And, and that's what drives me every morning. Wow. You know, to, 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 to get out of bed and really make a difference. And I think, you know, from a leadership perspective, one cannot be self-centered and selfish. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it's organizations that share this common vision and share this common value that we, we are partnering with to make an impact on the sector. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want to say, uh, Mr. Nakin, thank you so much for joining us. We need to go to uh, uh, Dr. Bletcher's new guests and uh, other guests, but that is Mr. Shiloh Nakin, brilliant information and insight 
into the Department of Basic Education. He is the Chief Information Officer. And uh, on the line, we also have Dr. Rhea de Villiers and Margie Worthington-Smith. They'll come together here on the line, project head and head of teacher training at the E-Cubed Initiative. And we're going to talk about um, the Teacher Connect uh, project uh, and initiative as well. Rhea, Margie, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Thank you for inviting us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so I'm going to start, Teddy, Teddy, if you could just um, remind us, the Teacher Connect project, it's a WhatsApp uh, WhatsApp uh, initiative, and obviously WhatsApp, as we've said before here on the show, is the answer in many ways to so much of uh, what we can do in this country, and I wondered if you could talk to us about that particular initiative. Perfect. Yeah, so Teacher Connect um, is, is the first of a series of, of tools that we're developing it's, it's specifically focused on teachers. We also then will be developing Principal Connect, Parent Connect, and Learner Connect. Mr. Nightingale talked about world-class technology, and we're very fortunate to partner with a South African organization called Prackles, uh, that I think you've had on your show before, mm. um, who are helping us develop uh, these, these WhatsApp-based tools. And really, it's such world-class technology that the World Health Organization adopted the same health check process that we're now using for the school system that we've created within Teacher Connect uh, globally, and over 20 million people around the world have used it already. And um, so, so, so the idea is, is to use this incredible tool that's sitting in people's pockets all across the country, 38 million users per day, uh, all different stakeholders of our school system to be able to reach them with important information. So in the case of Teacher Connect, uh, it is both the health check, which is related to COVID, but we're developing some very powerful health applications. Then there's education applications. So, for example, we're partnering with NECT, who do amazing work, um, uh, uh, the National Education Collaboration Trust. And, and so working with a project for them that's launching soon called Reading for Comprehension. And it will be able to train teachers countrywide much, much more effectively and quickly through leveraging WhatsApp. And then we're working with, for example, um, uh, the Was a Matric Initiative to help matriculants um, so that they can access content for free um, through, through national media uh, to help them prepare for matric, because obviously with the stress of the shortened school year and so on. So there are numerous applications of this technology, but the idea of taking the supercomputer that sits in people's pockets, and that's the power of a cell phone today, and, and using that processing power to be able to reach our whole system very, very quickly. Margie, Rhea, I'm going to uh, approach you both um, with the next question, which is the following. We've, we've had a lot of people on Facebook and on WhatsApp talking about great teachers, teachers that have really, really uh, engaged and done amazing things. And then I see a comment by Janet van Eden Harrison, who says, one of the hardest things in the world is to be a good teacher. A good teacher can change the life of one person forever. It's a bit like the star um, starfish uh, principle. But Rhea, perhaps you could talk about like, what are some of the skills that you, you are working with teachers on so that they can be a good and in fact, even great teacher? Michelle, when I joined this project in 2018, I was very daunted. (laughs) But with Teddy's leadership and the goodwill of the DBE, it has been an amazing experience. You know, you walk into education and you think it's going to be really hard work. But somehow things are falling into place. And particularly younger teachers 
have that need to change the world. They have that need to be different. They have that need to care about their learners. And their learners are not easy to deal with anymore. When I was at school, you had respect for a teacher. You were afraid of a teacher. Now, the learner in your class is somebody who will not respect you if you don't respect them. Mm. They're tech-savvy. They want a different kind of learning. So the kinds of teachers that we are celebrating and training and helping and sharing ideas with are teachers who are prepared to have agency, who are prepared to make mistakes, who are prepared to take risks in the classroom, knowing that that is what their learners need. They, they are teachers who are decision makers. They respect authority, but they know that they, they need to sometimes change things in the curriculum. They sometimes need to package things in a different way. And all at the center of this is still the curriculum, but the packaging, the how we present the curriculum is what's changing. And it's exciting. It's exciting for me to see a teacher who has to teach certain concepts in math. Instead of just standing in front of a class and sharing what's in the textbook, say, listen, this is a problem. You know, we have a problem that parents can't pay off their cars. Let's talk about budgeting. And let's go and visit car companies. Let's get business involved in the classroom. Let's see what it is that we need to to do and to change in your lives so that you, dear learners, when you leave school after 13 years, are not stuck. You have a place Mm. in society, either as an entrepreneur or somebody who's ready for the job market or somebody who wants to study further because we have given you countless opportunities at school to deal with real-life problems, with authentic problems, and help you through experiential learning to develop the skills and the competencies you need to face the world head-on. So, Margie, you are the um, head of the project, and uh, we heard Shiloh a little earlier talking about long-term goals and certainly long-term goals in terms of how this project will play out. With something like that in mind, it, that, that's a challenge as a, as, as a leader of a project of this nature. How do you keep your eye on the long-term? <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. It is a daunting, um, it, as Ria said, it is daunting, but um, we, we have a little motto amongst us that says that we are never daunted. <laughs> so even though, as Teddy said, um, our goal is to um, is to really impact youth unemployment, and we keep our eye on that compelling goal all the time. And that is that the purpose of this project is to lower youth unemployment, which, as you know, you know, is is at shockingly high levels with the consequences of that. Yeah. And so, you know, um, I was listening in a webinar the other day, and um, somebody was talking about the definition actually of leadership, and this definition struck with me, and it was it was accepting the responsibility for enabling others to achieve shared purpose hmm. under situations of great uncertainty. And I think in this team that we're in, where we're all leading this, um, this mission and vision to um, make, um, to provide purpose for young people um, after their schooling experience, um, it is a, it is a, um, it's a great it's a great responsibility, but it's incredibly inspiring to know that our purpose is to create purpose for others in in situations of great uncertainty. And you know, the entrepreneurial mindset is really at the heart of that because and and uh, what an entrepreneur does is to find 
is to is to um, get the that intersection between their own interests and abilities with finding and solving a problem for others. And if we can get learners to leave school, having had, as Rio said, iterative opportunities to do meaningful, joyful, socially interactive, actively engaging projects that um, that they do with their peers, that, that, that activates passion in a playful way, um, and they do that over and over and over again every single year of their 13 years at school, and they're honing hmm. their... Um, their competencies and, and mindsets that they need to be um, engaged citizens after school, then that's what our, our, our really big purpose is, is to create a, a generation's cohorts year after year of young people who enter life after school um, enthusiastic, passion-filled, solution-seeking, and able to find the solutions for the problems of our, of our, of our time, which, as we know, is what we need. We need many people who are able to be innovative and solution-seeking. And so the idea is to create an entrepreneurial mindset or a solution-seeking mindset through this process of, of learning through play, project-based learning, activating competencies, creating the opportunities for entrepre- entrepreneurship, employability, and further education so that we can lower youth unemployment. Margie Worthington-Smith and Dr. Rhea de Villiers of the E-Cubed Project. Dr. Taddy Bletcher, our guest, we literally have a minute, and I'm going to ask you this in that minute. You've uh, raised a huge, big, hairy, ambitious goal of uh, cutting down um, a youth unemployment by a massive percentage. And I would like to ask you, how can citizens in South Africa help you do that? That is such a wonderful question. Thank you. So firstly, all of us, have to love our country and we have to stand up for our country and I, I, I always say it's so easy to sit in comfort of your own home wherever you are in the country and just be negative about the country, negative about the school system. Um, it takes courage to be positive, to get out there and to actually care enough for this country to, to, to actually build it. Um, and the, and the, there are many, many ways organizations and individuals can get involved if you're a parent support your kids when they're coming home with these projects to do and these, uh, you know, hopefully passionate uh, pleas to, to their parents to help them with, with uh, doing their schoolwork but around meaningful stuff that they're going to be solving. Get involved in that way. Parents should be getting involved in supporting their schools. Schools are going to become great if they've got strong parents, communities, and agencies that come together to support the school. Um, There's really roles for everybody in in, in this project. And on the businesses side, um, we need spaces where teachers can go and do work shadowing. Many teachers came out of high school, went into teaching uh, through college, and have come out into a school and have never worked in a business. Um, So we do need businesses to open doors, to come forward, to give opportunities to get involved in the local schools, to inspire those kids as well, and those teachers around entrepreneurship, around creating things, around uh, giving them a sense of new possibilities. So, Dr. Taddy Bletcher, unfortunately, we do have to leave you on that. And I think that that's a good one to leave you on business. Get involved. And if you're an individual, support children and your children in the education. We're out of here. It's been a good one. Thank you so much. It's no longer good morning. It's now goodbye.